Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. On today's guest podcast episode, we have Carrie Lake. We will be talking about the collective stream of consciousness, the love that we are, ego from a new perspective, and the dream world. And that's definitely not it. You are not going to want to miss this episode. If you are liking being able to have access to these guest podcasts first before everybody else, don't forget to check the link in the show notes for Shaylee and Amber's Tea House, our monthly membership. All right, let's go. Welcome, everybody. We're super excited for another interview that we're doing, another guest podcast that we're doing. These are so fun because um, we get to hear other people's stories and perspectives and add value for you guys in different ways. So today we have Miss Carrie Lake, who I adore. How are you today? I'm just happy to be here. Happy to play with you guys and can't wait to see where we go. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to... In- introduce yourself like like what do you describe I always have struggle and we actually our very first episode we struggled with saying like what it is we do <laughs> yeah and so I'm gonna let you tell people what it is you do <laughs> yeah right uh, I think my best response to that is I don't know you're gonna have to follow me around and watch and like decide for yourself but um what ends up happening is um Offering ultimately, whatever I do, it's about offering the space and the clarity for people to actually experience their own open heartedness in whatever their expression is. Right. And there's lots of different ways you can say that different words, um, embodiment, expressing your divinity, um, creating a, a beloved friendship between the mind, the body, and the heart. Um, there's lots and lots of different words for it. Ultimately, it's about um, knowing the experience of presence, your own presence, not for the purpose of controlling something, but because it is your presence that does the communication before you even show up. Mm -hmm. So to me, it just started to make sense that the more I could help people become aware of what their presence is communicating, that's creating the space where all of life just shows up and, and it's, it's there. You can suddenly actually recognize and engage and receive all of the goodness that's right there. So um, yeah, sometimes it looks like writing books and often it looks like uh, doing in-person events, online stuff, one-on-ones, all sorts of stuff. That's, that's what I do. And then, then coffee and croissants, you know, it's, that's the important stuff. Yes. I am. Um, right. Yes. <laughs> I always share the story with people because it touches in a place where I think people look at people that are doing anything in this realm as a profession, as 
like you've got to figure it out and you know all these things and so I would share that story with people with like people pay me to go catch horses and pastures like I can just you know you know and then I show up to this clinic and there's like it's not like a regular clinic we're just like a bunch of people there it's like peers you know and I'm like I could probably get on my horse and I could like ride around okay and do something safe and I was like I actually can't catch my horse sometimes in the pasture and it was that moment where I just went in in front of all these trainers and I was like took the halter off like sometimes I can't catch my horse (laughs) It it was gorgeous yeah but it was that um the moment where you gave me permission I mean it was a long process right um but like the the biggest takeaway for me in that moment was that I got permission to just be because I said I was like well, this is my purpose. This is, you know, I'm supposed to be helping horses, you know, and you're like, well, you know, you, you don't have to earn your way here. You get to just be. And I was like, well, that's a different, I, that's different. I, that's interesting. So, but I have um, held on to that, you know, and then of course he walks right up and is there like ding, ding. Okay. Now you can put the halter on me. And I was like, so appropriate. It was so adorable um, though, because he did, he came like from behind you and was standing right behind your left shoulder while you were really caught up in, in trying to figure out this whole other version of yourself. It was the sweetest thing. It was mm -hmm. great. So that's my thing. And the piece that I, I, when I was telling Shaylee, I was like, okay, I really want to have Carrie Lake on because I've hung out with her a couple of times. And I feel like of all of the people that I've met, like, I'm not sure if she's human. Like, (laughs) like I know, like I can look at a lot of people really in the work and I'm like, I know that that fucks with them and that kind of, that, that gets them because we're all human. And I'm like, I don't know if there's like, if Carrie Leak has to think. (laughs) That's awesome. That's, that's a whole pedestal thing again, you know, (laughs) cause yes, of course, Carrie has things Mm -hmm. and they're, they're little kid things. You know, the, the, the things that are still like churning in me and, um, you know, the, it, it, it's all for me, there's, there's still fears of, did I do something wrong? And are you walking away because I did something wrong? Like, that's how it still reflects back on me. And even with having profound skill at listening and, um, creating space and, playing in presence and walking in the absence of judgment and, and changing the frequencies of in, in the ambiance, tons of skill, but there's still that little part who still thinks I'm abandonable, you know, who, who's still three years old, who still hasn't really, um, integrated with what we know, not only intellectually now, you know, there, there's so much integration in lots of ways and, but there are still these little parts that every once in a while, just panic. And, you know, my panic might, might look good, you know, but doesn't mean I'm not on the inside going, oh my God, I'm so scared they're going to walk away. Oh my God, did I, did I do that right? Oh man, I just sent an email, you know? And, and like the point of all of this work isn't to just come to a place where I am wholly undisturbed and I have control of everything. That's not it. It's about it having that fluid relationship of ease with the little parts that still panic 
when their strings are plucked, right? I think that's a, a huge misunderstanding that causes people a lot of grief is like you were just saying that, you know, oh, if somebody's, you know, doing this professionally, this or that or whatever, then they got, they've got it all together and they're a guru and all that stuff. Like human is so much better than guru, you know, and it's that belief that's actually one of the little pains, you know, like who am I supposed to compare myself to, to know if I'm good enough? It all, it all ties into comparison. And the more we can invite each other side by side, rather than perpetuate a hierarchy, I think it's a service, not only to human life, but all of life on the planet. I talk a lot about comparison with people in my sessions as an animal communicator and how animals are so amazing because they don't do that. They don't even compare one moment from the next, you know, like, um, they, they don't have that. And I just, it's really cool that you can facilitate that for people because I just had such a lesson in this a couple of days ago, we lost power and self service. And you know how normally like you'll lose power, but you can still connect to the outside world. Well, for two days, I didn't have self-service at all. And it was such an awakening for me to be someone who is actively in like um, a place where I meditate every day and I facilitate communication almost every day. Yet I found it so difficult to sit outside and, you know, I was able for like 10 minutes to be like, man, the trees are beautiful and just really being present in my body. And then I kept finding myself going back to those places that I'm so used to in everyday life. And, um, and I don't know if you have um, an opinion on this, but I, I think I struggle a little bit with um, human ego and it not necessarily having a place in the animal world or maybe the way that we define ego and those, you know, those childhood things or the unworthiness or the comparison. And it's interesting how even those of us who have all of these practices can get kind of wrapped up in that ego or that separation from self, forgetting that we are all connected, the plants, the animals, like all of us in that main stream of consciousness, yet this little ego. <laughs> Yeah. is disconnecting us and um yeah trying to find that like ease through the contrast oh it's so good like that's the game that's the whole game is recognizing things for what they are and then also recognizing once you can turn and look and go whoa that's an, an egoic pattern that's a historic pattern 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 you, you also have the freedom to look at all this other space which is the love within which all of that is happening. And the animals facilitated that so much for me. I was having this conversation a couple of days ago with somebody about the ego. And really the way, the way this went was, you know, you don't have your own unique ego. I don't have my own unique ego. There is a collective egoic structure that humanity not only participates in, but um, re-ups every day and regenerates and recreates every day through the mental dance of assigning 
polarity, good, bad, right, wrong, should, shouldn't, right? I mean, it, there's a reason why so many of us have like the same fears and that we're triggered by similar things. These are collective patterns. And the reason I'm doing this is there's an image um, uh, where I, I can't draw it for you, so I'll do my best to describe it. But I, I drew it at, the, um, at our workshop, Amber. Um, but picture, you know, here's a person standing on the planet and your innate beingness, your innate divine uniqueness is like this vertical opening up into your own higher levels of consciousness, your own creator essence, the purity of your unique note and tone on the planet. And the egoic structure is like this finite band of frequencies where all of the conflicts, all of the judgments, all of the things that take us, that, that distract us from the love that we are, all exist within this finite band that kind of encircles us, encircles the planet, really. And so when people are saying my ego, your ego, it's, it's not incorrect. Um, it's just a, a, an even more distilled version of, of the way that we can talk about an egoic structure that the mind will tap into when it wants a way to understand something, right? If it wants to know, how do I do it right? How do I, how am I good at this? You know, even with, with the animals, how many of us are like, oh, I just want to do right by them. And I just want to do well. And I want to, I want that them to not suffer so much. I want them to have the best life possible, right? All of that, all of those thoughts exist in that finite band of frequencies that the human mind looking for linear data that says, how do I do it? How do I get it right? How do I know if it's right? Because that's how we were taught, right? It pops up into that finite band. But where the animals live and where our innateness lives is in that, um, that purity of who I am straight up to source and all the way down to source. It's, you know, a paradoxical hologram if you really want to talk physics, but um, that, who, that who we are is on that vertical, uh, the vertical movement. And there is a point at which the vertical intersects with the egoic structure. So we get to feel both true and conflicted at the same time sometimes. And that those are the confusing moments when we, this guy, you know, Captain Thinky Town will start trying to compare, like, oh, how do I know, okay, wait, am I calm, am I not calm? And in, like you're describing in a situation where, you know, we get a little bit of a challenge to say, oh, how, how are you going to feel when you've got no external resources for a little while, right? And, and all of our, our fear patterns get plugged. That really is the moment to come back to the heart and revisit, who am I really? Am I the one that's worried? Or are those worries just available for my entertainment should I wish to engage them? And that's when we really can use our tools and our skills um, 
in again the way that i play with it is just coming right back to my heart and and watching remembering the space that we call presence and what that feels like in my body and i keep it that simple and so i don't ever try to stop the ego it's the ego and not even my own ego like oh dang you know i don't even have an ego we all do we all share an ego right and i have my own unique way of playing it perhaps but you know when when i'm looking at it then i can let me say it differently when i am no longer trying to quiet it when it's no longer an enemy when i no longer have an opinion about the existence of an ego that lets me stand in all this other space and go oh well going in you know taking a machete to something i don't like it's an option that is an option but there are lots of other options as well and when we as humans let ourselves recognize egoic options and then also relax into what else is there that's when we can start to recognize and and become the part of ourselves that is much closer to where the animals live 100% of the time right but to to deny and vilify and take a machete to the ego it's only going to get stronger it's going to go ah oh, i'm being attacked huh, okay good yeah i got something for that you know <laughs> and it just makes it stronger so making friends with these aspects um, i have found to be much more revealing gentle easeful harmonious and then they tend to dissolve themselves you know it, it's wild i mean i can say those words but you don't really know it until you give it a chance and you have that experience for yourself it's just so interesting that makes so much sense in you i have a little bit of a a squirrel, as we call it, our inspired thought that brings us somewhere else. I love um, it. <laughs> as you're like making this vertical plane, it is um, the longer that I have practiced animal communication, the more that I just know it to be true that the larger part of us is part of this non physical collectiveness. And I'm curious your thoughts on this because when I first started actively attempting to communicate to animals who were non-physical, I would get a very clear sign that they were non-physical and I almost separated them mentally, I guess. But now when I talk with animals, if someone were to send me a picture, I could talk to a non-physical animal and not even realize that they're non-physical sometimes. Like I just know the the version that is them and i can talk with them and i just feel like there's such a connection with non-physical in that like vertical plane and that they're um that a larger part of like us as humans too is non-physical which is why we can access those frequencies right yeah yeah yes absolutely you know one of the things i love to ask people is um does who you are end at the outside of your skin? And people will have different responses to that, you know, based on their belief system, based on their experience, based on what they want to believe, you know? But like, let's just play the game for a second, right? Does who you are end at the outside of your skin? Yes or no? I would say no if you were asking. 
yeah, and I am. <laughs> Let's just play with it for a second, right? So then if if I don't end at the outside of my skin, where do I end? I don't. Okay. So what if we just sort of relax with that for a second? And if that's true, what can I be aware of and why would I be aware of it? Now, the head might wanna jump and answer that question, right? Those questions, but those questions are not necessarily like looking for a quiz answer, you know, those questions are to create the space so that the mind realizes, oh, oh, there's more here. Oh, there's something else here. Because many of us were not given an early education that included the non-physical, or if it did, then it was couched within a belief system, right? When we start playing with the subtle realms and communicating with life beyond physical, communicating with individuals, um, I want to call it encodements at that point, because once, once that being has left the physical, the part that we are connecting with is a remaining encodement related to the life stream that we were familiar with as a terrier or a quarter horse or a turtle or whatever, right? Or even a human. There are still encodements in consciousness. And so when you and I become more aware of our capacity to engage with those encodements, to listen to them, to read them, to hear them, to chat with them, right? The more I willing I am to be flexible in my perception. And then the reason why I would like to engage with it is clarity, love, openness, resolution, evolution, right? Then those encodements are going to present in a way that I am able to receive and understand given my uniqueness. Am I making sense so far? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Because I always say it's about intention. You just said it in a totally different way. Like, um, yeah, because I, I do feel like whatever I intend prior to connecting with an animal that I get exactly that. So I've had to really work on my self-expansion so that I can shape that intention when I'm connecting with an animal, which makes so much sense because I think before I was almost communicating from a disconnected place where I was thinking I'm here and you're there and I'm going to reach out to you so I understood that they were non-physical now I'm just like we are so sometimes I don't see that they are not in this physical body <laughs> I love that yes yes and it is so odd for humans to go there because above the eyebrows, there was programming for what communication is, what you should be able to say. There's so much, so much when I connect um, that, and I'm sure it's the same for you guys, that 
it it's not translatable into English. It's just happening. And so to me, when you're talking about intention, I would say, I would use the word relevance because I look at, you know, what's, what's really relevant here. Consciousness is open source. There's everything. You can tap into anything. It's just, A, it's not necessarily going to serve to tap into frequencies that would make your head explode, like literally, right? And at the same time, like if I'm if I am going to use this ability in such a directed way, what is relevant in the moment before me right now? This is why we do sessions, because when you book a session, that's like saying to all of the beings involved, hey, we're we're going to meet here at this time and this is what we're going to do. Right. And it's it's a total blessing. And maybe this happens to you too. Like, I know I see it on, on line all the time, but people will say, well, you know, I have a dog and he wiggled his ear the other day. What do you think that means? Right. And what's my dog thinking? And I'm, I'm, I don't mean to, I'm being irreverent of course. And I don't mean to knock it because of course we're really curious and it's amazing when people get curious to listen to the animals on different levels. But the whole point of, um, session time as I have discovered it is because it really does bring a common relevance into the same time space. And when we are in the same time space together and I bring my gifts to the conversation, it makes it so easy to tune to the encodements that want to present whether it's physical, non-physical, that's all just making it relevant to the dear one in front of me, you know, uh, because it's got to make sense in English to them because I only speak English, you know, I couldn't do it in Czechoslovakian. That, that would take me a few years to be able to do that. But, you know, it's to me, the intention already happened when I said to myself and the whole universe, I'm willing to be of service. I recognize I have a gift. I would love to share my gift for the greater good of all. Make me an instrument. How can I assist? There's the intention right there. And after that, it's who, who shows up to engage and how can I then make the information relevant? I just love the connectedness of everything and this like divine timing of you being on here with us because just a few weeks ago, I made that little revelation and I started actively channeling, like saying to the animal, I want to know what is relevant to you in the current moment. Like let's talk mind, body, spirit of the current moment. I added that exact word, which I never used before. And my sessions have been so <laughs> profound lately because it really is what's important to them. And what's cool about that relevance is that it's almost always in alignment with what is relevant with the person too. And like exactly what they're ready to hear and ready to come into. So yeah, that resonates a lot. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful because here's the thing too. Consciousness is not trying to pull the rug out from under people, right? It's not, it, it's not trying to prove that humans haven't done enough yet or aren't far enough. It's the opposite of that. 
all the messages want to meet people right where they are, right? And creating a, 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 an appointment environment also invites the human to relax their defenses just a little bit, enough to be open to what wants to present, right? And it's they, in that way, they contribute to creating the loving space within which new clarity, higher frequencies of love, messages that, you know, the mayor of Thinky Town could never get, right? But together we all create this space and in that co-creation of spaciousness, absolutely the connectedness of everything wants nothing less than to honor those who showed up by making things relevant through the heart in a way that the mind can also recognize, right? Ultimately, what we're playing with is heart wisdom. And I want to just do a little side here, not to negate the concept of three brains in the body. There's this brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. Not to negate that at all. But when I'm talking about the heart, what I'm talking about is the space, the multidimensional space through which we animate our bodies, right? The, the, the presence of consciousness that is the uniqueness expressing through a gut brain, expressing through a heart brain, expressing through a brain brain, right? And so when we come together with that, um, call it a prayer, call it an intention, call it a, a way of being, to simply be of service, to let my gift be an instrument in the highest and best good of all. How can I best assist? This is what I love to do and I love to share it. Then absolutely it's gonna organize itself to be what is most relevant in the moment. And sometimes it, it is beyond what we, we can recognize immediately, um, but we can feel it, right? That's the multidimensional part. Even if what the wisdom that comes is like something we haven't experienced yet or something we haven't seen yet or something that makes us go, well, I'm not really sure you're worth your salt, little miscommunicator, you know, people will do that. And, but even so, when we know why we're doing what we're doing, the head might get confused, but the relaxation remains like, I'm confused, but okay, let's keep going with it. That's what that would sound like, right? And it, it really is um, organizing ourselves for the purity of heart that opens that space for animals or other humans, uh, relationships with family, relationships with bosses and everybody that we think we have conflicts with. You know, there's, it's a lot of fun when you really start playing with it. Yeah, definitely. And this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but how do you feel that the dream world like comes into play with all of this? It's so good. <laughs> so dreams are um, consciousness moving, mostly absent of our uh, cognitive mind. The one that puts it all into, you know, recognizable boxes. And if 
there is something, some way I'm trying to get my own attention to resolve something through maybe throughout multiple incarnations or resolve something in my current world or resolve something that's not even familiar, resolve something on behalf of the whole. The dream world is an amazing place to do that um, without the mayor needing to approve of how it goes, right? It happens metaphorically. It can be direct communication. When we wake up and we're like, okay, that was more than a dream. That was actually a thing I need to pay attention to. But it's, it's consciousness reaching us in a way that we are available, right? And to me, I keep it that simple. Honestly, there's lots of ways to interpret dreams and fantastic, run, run with what feels real and true. Um, but to me, coming down to the simplest, sim simplistic foundation that dreams are a way that my own consciousness is looking to get my own attention to help me see more clearly how I can embody love and open and share my heart on this planet. When I keep it that simple, I'll, it's back to the conversation of relevance. When I keep it that simple, then all of the insight organizes itself around my capacity to embody love and share with an open heart on this planet, right? Now, of course I can narrow and complicate things like, okay, but I want that person to be nicer to me. So, okay, big me, give me messages that'll make that person be nicer to me. Okay, you know, fair enough, understandable, but it's, it's not, it, you were giving it a, a smaller space to fit into rather than just staying wide open and saying, I'm here to be an instrument to embody love. So show me what that looks like through me, even given all of my little hiccups and panic attacks, you know, like, okay, given, <laughs> great. I'm not going to judge it. I'm just going to go forward. So dreams, everybody organize yourselves so that I recognize my guidance to arrive further let my heart open and share the authentic expression of my love. Very cool. I love that. Sorry, Amber. I have so many questions. Um, you can already, take over. I already knew this was going to be a thing. She's like, I've got this entire, and I was like, this all you, I'm just happy to be here and listen to the conversation. <laughs> I just think it's so cool. Cause like animals have dreams too. And I just feel like their dreams are so inspired. And Amber and I talk about like inspired action all the time. And I, I really feel like that's where animals come from is like they're just in that state of allowing and they have that inspired action and they know that their souls came here to experience contrast but they don't push against the contrast they always find that path of love or least resistance um and I just think the dream world is so fascinating when you can just like wake up and be like wow that dream was so weird but there's always some like dominant emotion behind a dream that I'm, um, that's a really cool perspective. I love your perspective on that. Oh, thank you. I love hearing you talk about it too. Like hearing, I'm hearing you. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, so I, I mean, I guess I kind of have to qualify 
from the very beginning, from like when I was 11, when I really started paying attention, I was 11 to how emotions move in the world and what they are and what they do and how people react to them and all that stuff. It's been my propensity, I guess, uh, to just keep asking, make it more simple, more simple than that. It's more simple than that. There's a bigger picture. Where's the biggest picture? What's the real truth? What feels true? Show me the truth. I don't care, whatever. It's gonna get complicated now what's true, right? In and among all of that. And so, you know, when, when I listen to myself and all the things I say, <laughs> um, it feels absolutely true. And at the same time, negates nothing else, right? Different people are at different levels of um, relationship with what you and I are talking about, with what dreams are there there are a lot of people who are going to have a whole system for how to relate to dreams right and good go run do go go with what compels you right but it's been maybe this is my disclaimer right it's been my um my journey and what makes sense to me to see these things and go okay why <laughs> okay but what where did that come from right what, what, what existed before that understanding, right? And what kind of consciousness does a person require to even come up with that level of understanding? Great, now what created that, right? And so the stuff that, that I share and the way that it gets organized, um, it, it excludes nothing. And I think that's my favorite part, right? Not even judgment is excluded. And there's always a place for judgment, it makes sense. And so why not just welcome it and let it dissolve itself because it's no longer the bad guy, right? It's no longer being kicked to the curb. It can go, oh, well, Carrie, you probably suck because you could have written this word instead of that word. And I'm like, oh, okay. Took a while to get here. But now like when that stuff happens, I'm like, oh, wow. That is a super cool thought. I wonder why I chose the word I chose. Well, because you're stupid. Oh, that's fascinating. All right. I'm going to let you call me stupid for a second, but I'm going to come to my heart and I'm going to feel like, wait, why did I, why that word? Oh, you know what? Because that word feels like this. And I don't even have a, a label for the feeling, but it feels like this. And then over here, it's like, oh, <laughs> and like, there's no more insults anymore, right? Because I've addressed it rather than fought against it. And um, I learned that from animals. Horses are not looking for a fight. Horses are looking for the opening to go through and stay in motion, right? Whether it's physically or energetically or individually or collectively, right? And that's one of the beautiful things I think. If we can organize our awareness to watch for movement rather than problem, right? Watch for movement, then the stagnancy will present and we can address it. But when my priority is where's everything moving? Where's the movement? Where's the harmony? Where is it, where is it going already? Then I have the opportunity to, with my 
how I shape my communication, how I shape my movement, how I choose an exercise, how, whether I go or don't go, all of that can be in service to keeping things moving and living in that fluid fluidity feeling rather than stopping everything because I see a problem and nothing can happen until I address that problem. When you're moving, anything that needs to be addressed is going to pop up easy peasy, right? And that's when we really do apply our skills and of communication or listening or presence and, um, and literally watch how higher consciousness comes in and reorganizes things in a way I could never even think of. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I, I think I'm on the same, same wavelength. I don't know, but like when you talk about movement, it feels like movement and presence are the same thing. Right. And that's what you are kind of focusing on. And that is something that, you know, I noticed when I lost my power in my cell service is that I just took my dogs for a walk and I had no other distractions. And it was so interesting to just try to be present with each and every step and like how my foot felt against my shoe and how the shoe felt against the rocks and stuff and how that how the mayor totally does take you away and even though I have no reason to think about anything else right now except for being in the present and walking down this driveway and no other obligations I'm like having this mayor have this conversation with me so I do think there is so much power in in movement yeah because mo movement is presence i love that that's a really cool perspective yeah thanks i think you, what you just the way you just said it is super cool you know and what, what if the mayor is allowed to be panicky because he can't control things okay all right buddy come on come on you can come on the walk with us let's go you know and it just it just changes the ambiance of being you know ultimately we're talking about our state of being and in in that open hearted state of being that's absent of judgment the animal kingdom is right there <laughs> and you know from there, it's like, what, what's relevant in the moment? You know, people will ask too, oh gosh, don't, you know, if you go to a, a big stable with lots of horses or you go someplace with lots and lots of animals, don't you get overwhelmed with all the chatter? And A, they're not thinking the way humans are constantly thinking, right? That's part of it. Like the, that chatter, it, it doesn't occur the same way. But when that's a hard concept for people to understand, then I'll just share with them, well, what happens when you go to a party? You know, why would you go to a party? There's everybody's talking all at the same time and there's music and, 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 and. How do you have a conversation with the person in front of you? You know, and you just make it, make it relevant to the person asking the question. And then all of a sudden their question starts to make a whole lot more sense, not only to understand Carrie, but to also reflect it right back to that person and point them at their own capacity to navigate overwhelm, you know, or their, their perception of overwhelm by pointing out that they already have some skills. And if they want to develop those skills, there's options, right? But this is like helping people recognize how adept they already are 
is an amazing educational foundation for subtle realms, you know, for playing in, in increasingly subtle realms with clarity. I think it's um, my favorite part about a lot of the shifts that I had somewhere around the time that I met you and I started out my very first masterclass I did was 2019 and it was all about positive versus negative emotions right and like people are very into I want to you know they're rejecting these the negative internal voice I have and I want to get rid of this and I want to clear this and I want you know and it was like the shift for me when you got to dive into the shadow work that I start all of the stuff with in such a gentle way where it's like oh like let's get curious about where that came from and how did it serve you and like why we don't need to reject that like that's part of your story it's part of who you are it's all right we're doing human like let's not forget we're doing human we're supposed to have all of that and like the amount of relief that comes to people when they realize that there's no part of themselves even if it seems negative that they have to reject is like it's so big and for them to go oh let's invite the mayor on the walk <laughs> okay fine let's go like <laughs> you know it's like it that is what feels like it frees up the movement again, right? Because that's what people, it feels like they get hung up on. Like, oh, I've got this thing. I'm not supposed to think this way. I'm not supposed to feel this. I know I'm not supposed to be doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, what if you just do it? And let's ask why you're doing it. You know, like, that's the most like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And even, even hearing you talk about it, it's like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's relaxing. Yep. Yep. You know, even just entertaining the idea that we don't have to judge our judgment of judging judgment, you know, <laughs> that um, we, when we just start to acknowledge and recognize what is, right, that recognition and that acknowledgement is happening from a place of love that is always available. And, you know, yeah, we'll get distracted. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> the moment you realize you got distracted, you're right back on track. And I think it's just, it's so simple <laughs> um, that it, the mind will go nuts simply because it was programmed to complicate everything find the problems, diagnose, 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 and fix, diagnose, and fix right? That's not even bad. Sometimes that's the best thing. That's the appropriate tool, but real freedom is in the flexibility to recognize what is, and then recognize what's the appropriate tool. If anything, there's so much that we play with that is really the answer is do nothing about it. Watch, just watch, see what happens. And I, I'm not talking about like, children in a burning building go help okay just you know just saying but when we're we're playing with um emotional clarity intuitive clarity right empathic clarity subtle realms expansion embodiment all the words right when we're playing with all of that stuff and this idea of good emotion bad emotion it's good as bad or or the panic that's so overwhelming, you can't see straight for a second just because somebody said the, this one word or whatever, because that'll happen, 
you know, happens to me, not so much anymore, but it happens, you know, in those kinds of situations, recognition without judgment and then do nothing about it and watch, just watch, watch. All of consciousness is meant to be in motion. So when there's that judgment, bad, right? Whatever it is, shouldn't be, should be different than that. And I just go, oh, yeah. And I do nothing. All of consciousness is going to start putting it back in motion again anyway. This is where it really, really helps to have a friendship with your mind. Because when things start moving again and the mind wants to go, well, but it's moving. <laughs> right. That's when I want to be able to have a conversation with the mayor and say, hey, yeah, it is, buddy. And then the mayor can go, oh, you're not panicking. Nope. <laughs> right. And it becomes this beautiful, fluid friendship. And sometimes the mayor's having a hard day. So we get gentle, you know? It's just a totally different approach, at least than what anything I was taught. And it's an approach that doesn't require problems and diagnoses and treatments. It asks for presence and kindness and love. And, you know, a few skills, of course. But the horses helped me learn that inside out and backwards um, because of how, how they are, period, and how they are with me, period, right? Um, and then I was also very, very blessed to have some human assistance that, uh, you know, a, a person in a human body who felt as vast as the animal kingdom and non-human life. And so to have a human be able to give words, right? and address the mind to, to give me um, examples of how, how one can speak to a mind that's addicted to the ego, right? That only knows, oh, but that's a, oh, but that sucks. Oh, but I should be, you know, and it's so unconscious, like, yeah, <laughs> it's a journey, right? But to, to be able to ha have humans offer language because we're language oriented right um it's, it's absolutely priceless and every moment like I, that's why i love the work that you guys are doing as well because you get to show up and offer presence and language and guidance in the absence of judgment while acknowledging yeah judgment's going to happen but planting those seeds and offering that space to people everybody's going to feel it on levels they might not even be aware of yet, right? And being it is one of the greatest gifts any of us can be for any length of time, even once, you know, literally. There's one situation in a person's entire life where they see the opportunity to judge and choose not to and show up differently. Boom, you just did your part go have a lollipop, go have some ice cream, do whatever you want to do, because you were just a fantastic contribution to all of consciousness. 
And I don't take my word for that. Go do your own, you know, exploration to see whether or not that's actually true. But this is what I found. So good. We could talk for hours. <laughs> I kept looking at the clock like, no, <laughs> maybe if I ignore it. Maybe if I ignore it, we can slow time down. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, what a beautiful conversation. Um, is there anything, well, should I ask you too, Shaylee, <laughs> either one of you, is there anything else that you need to say to feel complete? Shaylee, you go first if there's anything. <laughs> <laughs> I am honestly really happy with this conversation. It felt super inspired and I feel like there's a lot of clarity. And if we were to keep it going, people would probably have to listen to it like three times to get all of the information. So I think this is, yeah, really good. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, it was so good. Um, Carrie, is there anything that you feel like you want to say to make things feel complete for you? Uh, just a lot of thank you for the opportunity to share, you know, I mean, like, like we started at the beginning of the conversation, um, each of us who shows up and you know puts our our chest up on zoom you know and, and and teaches and shares we're all still on our journey and what i know about myself is um my expansion personally is uh very close to my opportunities to share with others like I learned so much about myself and the world when I have an opportunity to address questions because it's not coming from the mayor. It's it's all listening. So I am profoundly grateful for the opportunity to share with you guys and with your your uh, tea tea room with your people. I appreciate it so very much. And um, if I may, I'll just share the uh, resource on my website where people can find me to learn more. My website's just carrylake.com, K-E-R-R-I-L-A-K-E. And um, there are actually quite a lot of in-person events scheduled this year. A couple of them are almost full already. So the, um, the in-person events are each so unique. And I get, you know, I put just barely enough structure to it so that when we arrive, that's when it really gets created based on who shows up and what they show up with. But um, if people are interested in coming and playing one-on-one, -on -one, then the events page on my website is a place to go for that. And there's also some online courses. The one I love the most is called Courage to Feel. And it talks, it, it offers a different perspective about the relationship between judgment and emotion, the relationship between emotion and intuition, the relationship between the empathic sense and intuition. And it's not meant to be like the next latest and greatest teaching. It really is meant to just off plant some seeds, offer a couple thoughts and invite you to explore it for yourself. So there's an online self-study version for that. And a couple times a year, we do it live, um, like, you know, with weekly meetings. Um, that's also accessible on my website. And then, you know, if people are, if this is overwhelming and people want a little bit, you know, uh, uh, simpler, more day-to-day -day kind of approach to what we're talking about, 
um, my first book, Listen Like a Horse, is just narrative. It's just story um, about my time with a, a horse and, you know, will you fix him? And it just goes through the way I would approach that and think about it. Um, and then the other book is autobiography for that I wrote to let sensitive people know they're not alone. So all of it's on the website. And, um, and if anyone has questions, they're welcome to send me a message too. Perfect. Thank you so much. It was so fun chatting with you. And just lots of gratitude for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you both so very much.